Happy New Year! We are back. We're back. <laughs> Happy New Year! Yes. Finally. It took us a while to get here. I was sick last it's about week. about time. <laughs> yeah. You were supposed to start last week, but I, I was sick. So, unfortunately, you know, yep. it just didn't go down. But we already got a bunch of games to talk about, which is, which is great. Yep. Uh, well, we were going to talk about most audience. anticipated games, so you know, now now we're already into the year, so it's kind of tough. <laughs> like, all right, the, we're, the we're... list is already up on GamingTrend.com if you want to go check that out. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yep. okay. So we just uh, we just aren't going to talk about it on the pod. So no, yeah. Well, if we if we have like a slow week, I, that's probably the week we'll do it. If it's not February, so we basically got one more week of January to figure this thing out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we already got Prince of Persia that's out. Uh, Xbox Developer Direct happened. We got stuff to talk about. I thought January was going to be a little slow in terms of news. But oh yeah, there's stuff. We and won't even next get week. To we've got Infinite Wealth and Tekken. So I mean, it's like it's that's just right. right out the gate again, man. I know. Gosh, I can't play these games fast enough <laughs> at all. We got Jack well, Prince with Persia, us. You have to play fast enough. I've seen the clips. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, we got Jack with us today, helping us out because he reviewed Princess Persia. Let's bring back the crowd. Yes, yes. Oh, Give wow. it up for Jack. This is the most applause uh, I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess when you're a lawyer, you know, not many people, at least on the opposite side, want to root for you or anything like that. No one, so. Yeah, no one likes you. That's, that's yeah. just how it is. <laughs> Except for the people you represent, if you represent them well, I imagine. Which yeah, sounds, like a, sounds like a good band <laughs> name, clapping in the courtroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be good. That has so many like euphemisms, David. I don't know if we want to go there. <laughs> clapping in the courtroom. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, what did y'all play over the break, the holiday break? David, what'd you play? So, I mean, as obvious, I played plenty of Call of Duty. You know, the new season hit in December. Uh, Warzone got a new map. They got all the movement changes and stuff. So you got to play a little bit of that. But I've been working my way through Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I've gotten a I'd gotten a little sick. Look at, at you right playing JRPGs. <laughs> uh, after previewing rebirth in september i was like oh man i need to get back to this and i'm loving it so far i actually got a chance to pick up a playstation portal over break so i've been playing it almost exclusively right now on my portal so that i can just kind of sit in bed and play on on that yeah it's working fantastic like i'm really really happy i i admittedly i know a lot of people out there like oh playstation portal doesn't work good here 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 i do have the optimum setup because i've got great internet and i've got my playstation hardwired into my network yeah you have gig up and gig down right (laughs) yeah and and the playstation like i said hardwired into the router so i'm going to have the better experience like even taking it to work i can play my portal or going to like my in-laws and stuff like that i've been able to play it just fine there but it's like it's it's a really fun device but being able to use it for final fantasy has been great and i'll probably use it again for final fantasy when rebirth comes through there you go i like it jack what have you been playing over the holiday what'd you do over the holidays i mean so it's kind of a fake answer in that i got like i got the new steam deck like in whatever that came out did you get the OLED? Um, yeah, yeah, the OLED one. Oh, so, I didn't get I didn't get the previous one, so I got. The I, new ha- one. I have that one. So is it you- is it pretty sweet? It's pretty cool, and 
I mean, part of why it's a fake answer is that I feel like I spent more time like tweaking with stuff and doing stuff than <laughs> yeah. like, actually playing games. Um, Did you get like the, the top line OLED one or the mid-range? I didn't get the, like the super premium one because okay. I mean it was like you get glowing lights with it, and like I don't really need the glowing lights and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we so, all know RGB makes it run faster. I don't know why you didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like bullet speed bullets or whatever that Simpsons joke is <laughs> where they like do the, they shoot the car and it's supposed to go faster. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I mean, it's been a lot of tweaking with that, but I have actually played some actual games on it too. Um, I played. I mean, I played a lot of Outrun Two. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. I've heard it's, of it. I don't remember much of it. Yeah, I mean, it's a game where you drive a car, but it's like an arcade game. So it's it's like fake driving, which I prefer over like realistic <laughs> stuff. Forza and, Motorsports. And, and really, real driving too. I, I prefer it over real driving. Um. Okay. <laughs> commute, commute driving sucks for yeah. sure. So, I mean, it's basically a thing where you just go fast and you kind of like, you know, it's like, a, it's like a good hangout game where you just listen to the music because it's, I mean, it's Sega music. So it's, it's great sound soundtracks and kind of zone out zone out and play it um so i spent a lot of time with that um i mean is i did it i did like review- yeah it oh, okay. well so it's like one of their famous outruns like one of their famous arcade games that got them big in like the late 80s um why don't i not know about this hold on i'm gonna look, keep talking i'm gonna look this up <laughs> um it's it's divine it's uh, designed by yu suzuki who's like the big sega guy who like got them through the arcade era and yeah, did Shenmue and all that kind oh, of stuff this yeah this game yeah, okay. I know this one. Yeah, so Outrun 2, the sequel came out in like the 2000s and it's like it's like a way cooler version of Outrun. I think Outrun's already cool, but this is like a way cooler one where it's like they added bigger maps and more songs. It's just an improved version of it and it's just really cool and it's like, "Oh, I have something I can actually like run this portably." And so I'm like, "Oh, well, that's great. That's exactly what I want this for." That and uh uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, um, you like that? Yeah, I do. So okay. <laughs> I, I did too. I actually reviewed yeah. that for a different website. I gave it an eight. I gave it the highest score. Yeah, no, Mighty Number Nine. It's. I mean, I get the reputation, all that stuff, because people are mad about the Kickstarter. People, the graphics aren't very good. Um, but I, I get all that stuff. I get all the drama. But I think overall, it's a solid Mega Man game which is kind of what, I mean, I kickstarted back to it. And so I, I like it and I have, I mean, there's some unique stuff to it that I like too. And so I don't hate it. And I thought, oh, I can finally, cause it got canceled in the Kickstarter. Cause it was going to be on 3DS and Vita and all this kind of stuff that didn't work out. Cause the whole thing was a disaster, but I can finally have portable and mighty number no. nine on my steam. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, I was cursed for even attempting to do it because when I downloaded it, it wouldn't boot. Like I, I own it on Steam and it wouldn't boot for some reason. It, it's always worked on my normal computer. I don't know what the is issue it, is was. Is it Steam Deck approved? Does it have like the, the, the little it's, stamp not, on the store page? It's not, but I mean, like if you do, you get used to all this crap where it's like you, you do Proton or Proton GE oh, okay. and it'll yeah. just work for like 99% of non-Steam Deck approved games. Yeah. Um, and so I tried like everything I could think of and I, I mean, I basically went, 
I don't know if I should say this on a podcast, but basically I had to pirate my own game to get it to work. <laughs> oh, yeah, pirate, yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, we get it. Yep. So I had to like find a, a, like a torrent of the Linux version specifically to like download and then like run it that way oh as God. a non-Steam game and get it all the way around that way and do it that way. So Jeez. Um, it was a huge pain, um, but I, I can play the game and it functions. So I, I that was worth the six hundred dollars or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> bought the Steam Deck for Mighty Number Died. Yeah, well worth all the effort. You should get a so discount was, just for the 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 work. Yeah, I, I, I've given I've given t- way too much money to Money Number Nine in general. So it's just it's, what's what's more pain and turmoil. Well, it's nice <laughs> that Mighty that. Number Nine got your stamp. You don't hate it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a it's a complicated thing, but I think overall it's a good game, and I feel bad about what happened to it, and I get why people are pissed about it, but I think it's good. Yeah, I I uh, finished Mario Wonder, so that was nice. Uh, fantastic game, still fantastic oh, yeah. game. I was like 75, 80% of the way through before the year, uh, before, you know, we kind of shut down gaming trend for the year. Um, and I finished that. Yeah. It's still a fantastic game. Um, and, but I, I forgot about star ocean second story R. So, uh, I bought that and God, that game is good. I'd never played a Star Ocean game before. It's always oh, been really? one of the game. Yeah, it's always been a franchise I've wanted to get into. I enjoyed the soundtracks of Star Ocean before I even played a Star Ocean game. <laughs> so okay. I bought it, tried it. I was like, holy frick. Yeah, well, I actually I didn't buy it and try it. I tried the demo first, and the demo hooked me. So I bought it so I could continue my progress. I haven't finished it. Uh, now we're in the new year, so I got to play stuff. But... That one's always going to be in my back burner to to finish as I go. It's it's a it's a very good game. I'm like, this is the kind of stuff they were making in Star Ocean way back well, then. It's it's kind of all downhill after that, but yeah. <laughs> what do you mean it's kind of all downhill? Um, I've heard Star nothing Ocean, but good things about Second Story R. Now the first Star, one, Star Ocean Two. That's the good one. That's the good one. That's the one I'm playing. And that's that's the one you should stick with. And you're saying the rest <laughs> of them go downhill? Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't know if the people agree, but the people. Oh man, don't don't talk to me about the people. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the people. Yeah, the, the people. The people. All right. Uh, I do have one question though. This one's a personal question. Oh. Uh, last year, I was an anime character. I wore the same thing on the podcast pretty much every single episode. It's a oh, new wow. year. Should I up? date the color of my shirt or should i just keep it going ash ketchum every episode the blue jacket the blue i think shirt. you need like some kind of like sign of character development like this is a new arc so you gotta have like even if you don't I, get a new shirt you gotta have like a scar or something <laughs> <laughs> i'll ask I, my I wife to have to... a new shirt and i want it to be the same color as his background just so it's a floating head <laughs> All you see is the chair in my head. Yes. That would be fantastic. Maybe I should go shirtless. Maybe I should go that route. That's color, isn't it? Uh, all right. All right. What, what, kind, of, what kind of color is shirt are you thinking? I don't know. 
I don't know. I I did have the same thought though about the the character arc. You know, like after a, right. a few seasons, you know, well, the wardrobe everyone likes it when the anime bit. opening changes and it shows yeah. the characters develop. I, yeah, you have a good point. I'm gonna keep that in mind. All right, season yeah. two, season three. I don't know, season two of the gaming trend pod, season three of just us doing podcasts in general. I guess. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll keep that in mind. We had the Xbox developer direct. Today, as of this recording, Thursday, January 18th in the U.S., and they showed five games. Um, what did you guys think of the the Direct in general? What rating well, would you give it? I'd give it a B. Oh, a rating. Okay, and the letter grades, too. Um, I think a B sounds fair. Like, I was... You know, I, I don't really watch a lot of these things, but I kind of absorb all these Xbox stuff like through a, osmosis. And this kind of feels What's like an like? anti... Your pores just what? open and just all the Xbox vibes. Well, like, you know, you see stuff on Twitter or like the message <laughs> boards or something. And then you like, oh, I'll watch this because I care about this. But a lot of it... And then you see like the Summer Games Fest and you kind of can't escape xbox at their there at the game awards so it's whatever but i mean it kind of felt like an anti-xbox presentation just the way they normally do things where they showed games with like gameplay and they're all coming out this year and not like some vague cg trailer that would be like five years out no. right i mean it was like <laughs> well, let's just remember they're saying they gave a really broad indie date on 2024 so well, whether that, or not that, that actually releases this year that, we'll see that's We're progress though Jones, that, yeah. that's that's better yeah. than like here's a cg trailer and then no release date whatsoever for like fable and we'll let's not see that so i i guess i'm kind of proud of them in a yeah. way whereas like, this is like a real presentation so i think a b is appropriate and i think if they had like real surprise stuff like you know stuff you hadn't heard of before then i think it might have be an a but i think it was props to xbox for this this is like a real presentation it seems like yeah. it was it was good and solid overall that was that's why i'm i'm with you on b like i think that's a fair rating um like it flowed pretty well there's a lot of stuff there that people care about like obvious like for me something like aura history untold i love the medium it's just not something that I play a not lot into of the forex. So yeah. it's it just it's just not something I get a lot of time into. It's it's very time consuming and that doesn't work for me very well uh with the little time that I have to do other things. You're playing but Final I, Fantasy Seven remake. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um but it's they had a lot of I like the way everything was broken down with the developers talking about what they were doing and all those different things. Like that's just it's nice to get a peek behind the curtain and you get a little bit more of that with the way that they did this. Like even Indiana Jones, where it hadn't been shown before they did a trailer, but then they took the time to talk about the thought process and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good way to, especially to start off the year, kind of give you what you're expecting for the year. Yeah. They, they had one hard date and that's uh, May 21st, 2024 for Hellblade two. Everything else is, you know, either like summer 2024 or fall or 2024 or something like that. Or 2024. <laughs> or just straight up 2024. They could be out tomorrow. It could be. <laughs> what if that happened? That would be nuts. <laughs> it, would that be would that be a shadow drop? I would consider that a shadow drop. Just, I, I think it'd still count. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would for count. Me, it's the, I, for me, within the first week, is still kind of in that vicinity. 
Well, I guess if you if we don't know it's going to drop, then that's a shadow drop. I, that's what yeah, I consider. Yeah, it comes from the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't have a you don't have a date. You don't know what the door is. So, uh, but the fact that they had that one hard date, but I still feel like with the vague dates that they have, there's a sense that I I do think they're going to release these games in 2024. Yeah, um, I mean, we've we've been through so many delays and, you know, we're now on the other side of the spectrum where people are upset at delays, whereas before, you know, there's a bunch of games which still happens, but a bunch of games coming out that weren't finished and they're like, delay it. Now we're like, OK, release games. Well, and this is a particular problem with Xbox. Figure but, out what you're yeah, doing. <laughs> and I think that might still be a problem with these, but they'll be out. <laughs> yeah it could be 100 percent um but i feel good i feel good about this start i feel like this is a, a good start to the year um let's talk about indiana jones that was that was the big game uh everybody was looking forward to um what'd you guys what'd you guys think of it it's already gonna win an award this year and i know which one which one best indie game <laughs> oh. oh my gosh <laughs> oh, I don't have a sound effect for that one I wasn't ready <laughs> you gotta do the applause <laughs> I'm not applauding that no he doesn't want the this is the first pod of the year and I'm already dropping that stuff he doesn't want to applaud that I uh, no, I am not encouraging that uh, you know I think this is this whole direct kind of feels like I don't want to say they are um, uh, pushing back against PlayStation. Pushing back is not even the right word I want to say, but I do get the sense with this introducing competition. Yes, because this is a single player game and it is a cinematic experience but it also feels like they are going to have a little bit more gameplay than i won't say most but some of the playstation single player experiences would have outside of action there's going to be puzzles there's also going to be action but it's also going to be a cinematic experience so i wonder how people are going to receive that uh and i'm curious to know i will say you just described uncharted just just well, was there a lot Jones. of puzzles in Uncharted? <laughs> yeah. There's puzzles in Uncharted. Yeah, you you look at a book and they basically tell you the solution and then you just do it. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I had the idea yeah. of Uncharted. I this yeah. feels like it might be a little deeper than that. Yeah. Well, I do want to give them credit for the fact that as much as I wasn't sure if first person would work, and I'm still not like totally. I don't care as much for it. I do applaud the fact that it's it differentiates itself from just being another Uncharted because that's exactly what would happen if you put this in third person is that's what people are going to be looking at. And I feel like this perspective shift, not only do you let the studio do what they do best, which is the Wolfenstein guys, which is make first person games. It's it's also differentiating this game from being, oh, this is just another Tomb Raider. This is another Uncharted. Yeah, I think it's a big risk, too, because I think part of the appeal of Indiana Jones is that he looks cool, and he won't look yeah. at him for most of the game. Um, but yeah. no, I mean, I think it looks good, too, just like 
you don't have a lot of first person whippers, you know, and you're yep. doing a lot of whipping and that seems like <laughs> an interesting mechanic where it's, yeah, it's different from what you normally expect. And I, I think from what I saw from the gameplay, it looks good. It looks like a real game. And I have some faith in, I, I only played the first of the new Wolfensteins, but I thought it was pretty good. So I have some faith in this one. Which one, one thing I'll point out when it comes to like the, you said about the cinematic, like you won't get to see them as much. The, I hope they do clean up a little bit around the edges because yeah, some of those moments yeah. where you like it's the well we're doing it so that in certain wet things you do you'll switch to third person like and then I saw those moments I'm like this is just a little jarring like some of these moments like I'm like I hope this isn't I hope this is a demonstration and not what we're gonna get yeah and, and uh, I think they will but I think they will too but I, I it does feel a little clunky even even some of the, even the very first scene that they had like even the way he like headbutts them it just it just feels clunky it doesn't yeah. feel as smooth as actual human motion and when you have games from PlayStation coming out that are doing these things extremely well and then you even have Hellblade 2 which looks phenomenal doing this very well with a big IP like this that a lot of people are looking forward to and I anticipate the gameplay is actually going to be really good because I trust machine games. But then you have the rest that matters about Indiana Jones, which is how he looks and, and the movements and the motion and all that. It makes me wonder, um, is part of the reason they're doing first person is because maybe they don't really have the tech to be able to push these cinematics and other things as far as they can for other games i don't know but it makes me wonder yeah well and you don't want them to be in this thing of trying to have their cake and eat it too where oh we're better at first person let's do first person it's different blah 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 oh but we want to see indie oh well we got to find a way to stick that into here like you don't you want to make sure that you do your best at what you do um I'm also very interested. I know a lot of people, oh man, this is going to be the next big thing, next big thing. I'm like, the only thing I want, do want to pump brakes on is just these aren't very long games. It can still be a very good game. And I'm not saying that yeah, like, yeah. short games are bad, but uh, Wolfenstein, the new order was 10 to 12 hours long. And the sequel was actually a little bit shorter. So yeah, but, I'm very I mean, interested in like, if it's how like it an Indiana Jones out. movie, though, I mean, you oh, know, yeah. two-hour experience. So you blow yep. that up to a 12-hour experience where you're actually kind of, I guess, doing the thing Indiana Jones would actually do. I feel like that's healthy yep. for the type well, of just, audience that Indiana Jones is 22. Yeah, they just have to tell a complete story. Well, uh, it's yes. just, I mean, it seems like such an obvious formula to follow because Uncharted ate this game's lunch like a decade ago. I mean, yep. exact, Uncharted's the blueprint for what this game should be, and... I mean, the main differentiating factor is that its first person has some different mechanics, but yeah, but it's still and, Indiana and, Jones, and that Nathan, which is, and, and that Nathan right. Drake is a little more villain or thief, thief villain than yeah. Indy I is. mean, Indy's more the goody two shoes. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you feel about the villain? Like they were hyping up uh, the villain a little bit. How do you, how are we feeling about him so far? Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think that's a really. Marvel movies have proved if you're going to do things cinematic, you don't have to make a good villain. You just have to make a compelling hero. Like, well, hopefully it looks cool when his face melts off or whatever. But 
Because that's something like that's going to happen. You just the question it. is: is what's going to melt his face off? Is it going to be the Great Circle? Uh, it's going to oh, be God. ghosts. What a horrible, <laughs> horrible uh, side name! What it, like the Great? This circle better be great because this yeah. is yeah. it's not a great. It's not exciting. Yeah, you're very right. It's not exciting. That's really the biggest thing. It's not exciting. That's a great point. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, if you look through the other subtitles for Indiana Jones, Raiders I mean, of Lost Ark is like the coolest title ever. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's a great. I one. mean, I mean, heck, just again, let's go straight to the other source, uh, Uncharted Among Thieves, like, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Uncharted Drake's Fortune, like, just you've got so much you can work with, and you know, I, I just don't understand. I find it a bit fascinating that we're comparing Indiana Jones with uncharted where uncharted came from indiana jones basically, right no, that's, well, that's totally, why i'm comparing them because it's well, just it's, it's so obvious yeah, right? it's, <laughs> it's indie it's indian tomb raider that's literally what it is it's yeah. that mix no i agree it's just it's it's weird in terms of video games we've come full circle in this way where the video game that was inspired by indiana jones now we have this and it needs well, to be more no i won't say it needs to be more like uncharted but that is the inspiration <laughs> Yes, the thing yeah. that originally came from yep all right um so it's launching sometime in 2024 don't have a month or anything or season uh even not even a quarter what's your prediction yeah, tomorrow <clears throat> i i could see this becoming a spring game for xbox of oh. 2025 like I'm thinking, just honestly i was thinking like late fall maybe winter yeah. uh Mostly because it still looks a little clunky, so... Yeah, I, I, feel I, mean, like I just some... wouldn't be surprised if this is April of 2025. That'd be wild. I What's... think because Disney is involved, they want this out by the holidays, no matter what shape it's in. So I think, like, October. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what shape it's in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but on that same token, I could also say they want it as far away from Dial of Destiny as it possibly can be so that people aren't thinking about that. So I'm going to go with November 2025. (laughs) No, I'm I'm joking. I'm still I'm still April. I'm still November 2030. Yeah, because I I think it'll get just a minor like a couple month delay, a season delay, roughly than where they want it. Because like you said, I think they want to be this year, but it'll be just outside of it. You think it's going to be better than Dial of Destiny? I heard Dial of Destiny was pretty awful, so it's not a very high bar. (laughs) I mean, it's okay. I think I can interact with this. Hey, video games have gotten better with (laughs) stories, but historically, franchises like games. I trust machine games, though. Like they tell really good story. They told a really good story in Wolfenstein, and they had really fun mechanics. And I think they can make that work here. Well, and Indiana Jones isn't really about like the story. It's about like the exciting stuff and the aesthetics and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think it looks fine. It looks cool. As long as they got exciting stuff happening, I think it'll be good. So if I can't I mean, ride a pro- sub underwater, <laughs> the problem with Dial of Destiny is just that Harrison's like decrepit, and so he can't do any fun stunts or anything. So all the action scenes, he's like just kind of hanging out in the car, or not doing anything. <laughs> so well, the nice part about video games is that yeah, he can sit there, and somebody else can do that stuff for right. him, and then you can slap his face all over the place. Right. So that's that's kind of the benefit of doing a video yeah. game version of this. What's funny is uh, Troy Baker's doing the voice. No, he's not. Yes, he <laughs> is. <laughs> 
Yep. I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I knew it wasn't Harrison, but I couldn't tell, like, it, oh my God. Is it really Troy? <laughs> it really is Troy. Wow. <laughs> I have to admit, this is a pretty good job. You, you fooled me. What's really funny is when you think about the fact that he did Sam, Uncharted, uh, Unch- uh nathan drake's brother in uncharted he did yes (laughs) so he's so he he's like i'm done being the young the the brother that doesn't get as much recognition i'm gonna be the guy (laughs) i am mario now yep (laughs) i think it'd be funny to imagine harrison trying to like record voices for this and they like telling him to say the lines is like i don't care about this Yeah, I can imagine his voice acting would be a little little hard to direct <laughs> yep. at this point. All right. Oh, well, looking forward to that, I suppose. Uh let's let's talk about Hellblade 2. Let's talk about that. Because uh I don't know which one's bigger between Avowed and Hellblade 2, but I imagine Hellblade 2. Um that game, I mean, it's always looked beautiful, but I mean, it looks it looks beautiful still at the same time. Um, but this is the one when they first showed it because it came before Indiana Jones. But this was the one where I genuinely thought I was like, OK, this is this is Xbox answers to the type of single player games PlayStation makes, because it, it seems like it's definitely going to be this kind of guided experience. Um great cinematics and then you know whatever else is happening with the psychotic stuff and the gameplay um this is their version of that and i think i think uh i think it'll work the only thing that's interesting is and i know i'm going back to the playtime thing is they said it's as long as the first game so it's only going to be about eight hours so it is going to be that shorter experience. Um, uh, now, of course, if it's all good, that's fine. You don't need to overfill a game. But I hope it's not. I guess I'm hoping it's not just one of those things where it's like you leave and you're like, man, I really wish I got more of this. Especially considering how long it's been since this has DLC, been DLC, David. Where have you oh, been? They're budget pricing it too, right? It's like fifty dollars. It's, it's fifty bucks. Um, it's well, it's on Game Pass as well. So yeah, but I mean, you know, they charge like seventy for Redfall. Yeah, but the uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't say I didn't say it. Anthony, he just said the game is secret ground on this podcast. You bring that, you, when you bring up Redfall, it's got to be at the right time. You did. I, well. I've actually I've actually got certain things pulled up already, just so you know. Um, <laughs> That be that being said, with everything with Hellblade, like, like it's it's also in that digital only thing, so it's you're going to have to discover it on Game Pass. Oh, it's a digital or, only. Okay. Yep, they already said it's digital only, so this isn't going to have the benefit of being in stores to be purchased. So Red I'm just a physical I, release. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it's still in the store. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it, yeah, it's they just put a lot of work into this, so I really hope it does well for them overall. Because I mean, we're talking it's been what five, six years since the original Hellblade. I mean, heck, this thing got revealed during the Xbox Series X announcement at the Game Awards in 2019. It did. It did. So it's it's just one of those things where I. Man, it's been a long time coming, and it's it's it looks fantastic, but it's only as long as the previous game was. 
So I don't, I don't think length is. I don't think the length is the problem at all. Yeah. Not one bit. I, we've seen too many games where you know, they extend it 15, 16, 20 hours, and it doesn't need to be that. It's just bloat. Yeah. You could have cut the game down by 10 hours, and it still would have been a fantastic game. So, um, you know, I think I think the open world people will have a problem for $50 for eight hours. I think those kind of people will not be pleased with that, but I think a lot of people will find uh, eight hours satisfactory for yep. that price if if they decide to pay you know straight up day one whatever first week yep. before sales. Well, I know I need to go back and play the original one again. Like I've I got like maybe halfway through it, and then you know how it goes. You get it was one of the backlog games, so I moved on to something else. So want to want to play it so I can see what the deal is with this because it definitely looks brutal. Oh, absolutely. Super brutal. Um, I do, I do feel like they're hitting the way Senua struggles with her psychosis. I believe they called it. Um, yep. And kind of the helplessness that comes with that in a in a better way than Square Enix did with Lara Croft in the Tomb Raider reboot. Because if you remember. Oh, anything's well, better than that. <laughs> well, so here's the thing: like, you don't see some of that as much. Where you know they they really try to uh, paint a character as someone who is not just automatically like, just you know, I can take care of everything. I can take care of myself. I got everything under control. So I didn't mind the idea of Lara Croft in the reboot kind of like having to grow into the right Lara she Croft just goes from i'm scared one second to i'm gonna kill like a five thousand people yes, yes. <laughs> that, that transition was awful yes but even still even in that kind of early naivete laura it, it still felt like too much like it's like you're still an archaeologist like you you have to understand like the dangers you're but it, it felt like it's like you're not even aware of that and you've been doing this for a little while but this is like Senua can can hold her own if it feels like obviously we haven't played it but it, it feels like the psychosis puts her in a helpless state but she's not totally like uh debilitated by it and i feel like that's a it, it's a nice balance of giving this woman you know, a, a a bit more power without having to strip all the power away, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think in terms of what they're doing with the narrative and all that kind of stuff, I think it's a lot more interesting, for sure, from Tomb Raider, but just the idea of portraying, you know, this kind of trauma and mental illness from the way they're doing it. I think that's the most interesting thing about the game by far, honestly. I mean... We're talking about length and stuff. I think the real problem is just that it's a game made by Ninja Theory, so I don't have a lot of confidence in how they make the actual like, game part of it. I mean, that's my... <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess that's probably going to be some of what a lot of people are fighting with is you're going to be looking... A lot of people are going to go into this looking for how did they expand upon it? How did they change the systems how did they do all this stuff and honestly a lot of this game is going to be very similar to the first game and not a lot of things are going to be like 
crazy like we're not going to be getting an RPG. We're not going to be doing that. Not that that's what it is, but I'm curious how many people are going to go in and you know how it goes. Oh man, I hate this. This isn't what I thought. Well, your expectations were wrong for this game <laughs> because yeah. you know the the first game was actually on PlayStation. <laughs> they put it on PlayStation. It came to Xbox later, and then of course they were purchased by by Xbox. So yeah. That's a good point. All right. The other game we saw was Avowed. A lot of people have been looking forward to that. Um, what do you guys think about that? Jack, Jack, did you get to see any of, of this? I looked at I looked at the creatures that they have talking at people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I will say this. It's a visual show. Like it like it did not look very good at uh, summer game or was it the Xbox show around Summer Game Fest back yeah. in June, yeah, and it looks agreed. really good here. Like they they did the visuals got a bump up. Agreed. Yeah, I yeah. think like environments and stuff. It looks nice. Um, I mean, I looked I looked at the combat. I mean, you know, it, it's got some oddities to it. I don't know if it's something I would enjoy playing. I I, I look I at this and I think combat. I, I just. You know, I I played Fallout Three when that came out, and I like beat that, and I'm like, I don't think I need to play one of these games ever again. <laughs> and, uh, so you haven't played Skyrim? I, Is that what you're I saying? I played like five minutes of it, and I was yeah. like, you know, I don't, I can't do it. I can't do it. So, um, so you know, I I think this looks this looks fine for the kind of game it is. Um. I, I when I look at it, there's nothing like in terms of the characters or anything though that it's like, yeah, I'd I, I w- I'd at least be interested in the story or something because I'm not opposed to the fantasy s- storylines or any of that kind of stuff. I like Dragon Age. I like I like stuff in that yeah. kind of vein. But like when I look at you know they're beating these little like reptile creatures. I mean I don't like how they look. I don't think they look particularly cool or I mean they look like idiots really. <laughs> but <laughs> um, something I mean, with the combat is a bit off like it feels more yeah. like they're swinging through the creatures as opposed right. to actually well, I mean, hitting uh, them and that's kind of how they all are like right? that like right the, there the like in skyrim right there kinda, yeah <laughs> yeah so, it never I mean, it looks, looks good yeah i mean it's it looks like the kind of game that it's trying to be which i guess is fine but i I'm this, not this is actually making it. me think of an old arcane game the dark messiah of might and magic on oh, xbox yeah. 360 like that's the vibes i'm getting yeah, um, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just there's there's something about it that just feels kind of plain, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, plain. I think is is a fine word because I don't want to say generic because it doesn't feel yeah. generic. But no, uh, it's just kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, like even the conversation they're having it in the side mission thing about the like, like I'm interested at least in the idea of you know this overarching like how you go about doing certain things but it wasn't a very i get that you can't show like the best missions but that felt like a really poor well, choice like it a felt, good it, that felt boring too <laughs> yeah like like you know oh you know i i one of the people in the in this raid you know didn't do their job and you got you get the choice to choose which one did the bad thing yeah, it didn't it didn't feel compelling. It, it yeah. didn't. Yeah, this does this doesn't look like my bag of tea. Um I it never has and it all stemmed from the combat. 
for me. I mean, that's why I haven't played Skyrim yet, other than the length. Like at some yeah. point in my life, I would I would like just try it, but. Which this is Obsid- just- which this is Obsidian who did Fallout New oh, Vegas. Sure, yeah, so, but but it's that same style, and I yeah. don't, you know, the gameplay for me has to be the greatest hook in any video game, and uh, if if this yeah. is what I have to deal with, I, I hate this guy. I hate the way this guy looks. Yeah, <laughs> outer, uh, there's something it, awkward about it. It, yeah, I, I loved Outer Worlds by them. Like that was just a real fun space. Like. It wasn't humongous. It didn't outstay its welcome. It's about 20 hours of an open world exploration. It was just fun. So uh, maybe this will somehow do that. But like I, 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 it's another one of those you hope they don't bite off more than they can chew. Like make too big of a world to where certain systems are, aren't as fleshed out as they could be. Yeah, you would. You, you hope that's not the case. Uh, but I. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really, with Avowed and Senua's, I'm really sick of seeing, like, European Nordic setting fantasies. <laughs> like, I, I would really like to see something unique, like, I don't know, take us to Africa. Like, take us to an Asian territory. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you two like to see something, like, brought out a yeah, little further? No, I, I think anything would be more interesting than this. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is just the new, this is the new zombies, right? Like, that's the fad. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, I feel like this has been going on for a while. I mean, even as far as back Skyrim, you know, like right. we've been it's doing this for a very popular, long time. But and I think it's kind of weird that they would have this when they have Bethesda too, right? With with Skyrim and Elder Scrolls and all that kind of well, stuff. Elder, they want to branch out. Elder, Elder Scrolls is not coming out for yeah. God well, knows, like it'll be the sure, next yeah. Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's weird though that they would fill the niche like so exact same like the exact same kind of thing right and that's why i'm wondering if this is a lot smaller of a game than we think it is like skyrim is the classic hundreds of hours this is made by the same people who made outer worlds which was more of a 20 to 30 hour experience uh even though they mentioned different realms you can still make them be a lot more contained so i'm curious if this isn't a much smaller experience i think it's pretty likely you know what i didn't expect to see during the direct was uh visions of mana which oh, now is we're talking about Square, the real game square enix, <laughs> square enix square showing enix. up was not yeah that was not yeah part of, and uh, i actually forgot to get gameplay my bingo card. of that no yeah that was not on my bingo card as well so um while i look up some footage to, to put in here uh what did what did David, I actually want to hear your thoughts, Mr. Non-JRPG person. Um, What'd you think of it? It's pretty. I've never had really an interest in the series. Uh, Some of the action looked kind of sluggish. I don't know if that's just the way the games work. Yeah, like it just, it was a little slow. Uh, Again, not sure if that's just me and the, like, you know, playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, things certainly go real fast and flashy. That's true. That's (laughs) pretty true. Um, like it looks cool. It's not a game for me. Like that's the biggest thing I can I can say out of it. But like it, it looks like really good. There's nothing there that you saw that was interesting. Not really to me. Okay. I I think the most interesting thing to me was the cur- just the curiosity of if it's coming to Game Pass at some if they're gonna somehow find a way to get it to Game Pass because I don't think it was announced for Game Pass there. I I, I just don't remember. 
I, I don't I, remember seeing that either, but I also don't remember yeah. looking that hard. So. Yeah, I, I don't uh, believe it was because every other thing was mentioned for Game Pass, and I think that one didn't have it on its card. Jack, what did you think? Um, I'm excited for it. I don't know why it was at Xbox, but I, I, I mean, I'm happy to see it. Um, I mean, not coming it, to Game Pass, by the way. Okay, it's not well, okay, not right away anyway. But <laughs> I, because I think overall, probably the reason why this was at, you know, at the Xbox thing is that they have deals with Square. Because I don't know if you've like read what Square is doing as a business, but they're like really slimming down their lineup where they're kind of like trying to say, we're not going to be making as many games because the past few years, they've been putting out tons of games from oh, all kinds throwing of everything series. at the wall yeah. to see what sticks. Yeah. And I think a big strategy in making some of that money back is being like, um, as Xbox want to give us money to put these on game pass. Yeah. Um, and so I suspect that's probably part of the idea is that Xbox will give us money to kind of like put our games on Xbox and get, put them on game pass eventually and make some more money back on some of the smaller projects and so that they all kind of make money. Um, but no, I, I mean, I'm excited for it. Like they're, I mean, they're going through all the Madden games right now, but I mean, one of my favorite games is the very first Madden game, which is actually in English, it's final fantasy adventure. It that's is, how yep. they localized it. But, um, I mean, I think these games are good. I mean, they're kind of like, they're kind of like Zelda with a more action focus, um, uh, where it's, you know, you, you stab the guys and so it makes sense that they're turning into like more of a normal action rpg where you're kind of running around doing this stuff um but i think part of it is just it's got a cool i mean they've always got great soundtracks they've always got uh just like a the way they do the characters and designs um i mean i think this looks good but i haven't seen anything like super stand out from this one in particular but like if you look at like the PS one game or like, like legends of man. I mean, they have like really strong character and art design. A lot of the time it's kind of different, different from what you normally see from other RPGs. Um, and I think just the way they do the music and the aesthetics and just the simplicity of the gameplay makes it kind of like a hidden gem from all these like smaller budget square type type titles where they're yeah. worth playing worth looking into. Um, so I'm excited to try it. I mean, I don't know if it would be great. I didn't play the remake that they did of the last Mana game, where I think it was kind of similar to this, where they turned it into like a 3D action RPG and did a bunch of stuff with it. But um, I didn't play that. But I mean, I am excited for a new one because it's been a while since there's been an actual like new one. Um, so I think it looks good. I mean, this monster stuff looks kind of fun. Um, I like the little monster. I I, I don't know. I like I like the mana designs. I I'm endeared to this series because I have been since I played the first one on Game Boy, and so I'm willing to give this one a chance. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I think, I think when it comes to the kind of art design comment that you made, I feel like Japan in general has taken these all their games almost in a more colorful kind of I don't want to say chibi, but almost kind of chibi-ish direction. Um, I'm not sure. It's more stylized, yeah, for sure. Stylized, yeah, that's a that's a fair word to use. Um, I'm not sure why they've taken it that direction. I don't know if the audience in Japan like that's that's kind of what they want, um, or if kind of the game engines that they all use work better in being able to show the stylizations, the more anime ish kind of things uh, that they would like to do. But um, I don't know from what I'm seeing, like. I haven't 
play. I've only played one, uh, and it was on the Game Boy Advance. I don't remember which one that was. Yeah, like the Sword of Mana. I think. I think that it one. was Sword of Mana, yeah. um, and I enjoyed that. But uh, I, you know, I've been able to play the other ones. But this looks this looks interesting. I do think the the combat looks floaty. As as one who plays a lot of uh, Tales of games, the you yep. know that combat is fast. It's smooth. It, it Those are flows. like fighting games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. This one feels a little more methodical and floaty. Um, it's early, so they might change that. Um, but I I like the way it looks. I think I think there's something there that I would personally enjoy um, coming from that. So uh, I I hope it does well. Um, there's there's something I have to show. Um, oh. Hold on. Just a moment. Uh, let's see if I can put it up there. Uh, David just just sent this to me. Uh, where is where's the video that's playing right now? I need to take it off. Where is it? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> it's like there you go. <laughs> the Great Circle is what it says on the Indiana Jones, <laughs> and it's spherical. <laughs> spherical. <laughs> <laughs> the great circle there we go that's what it is we found it <laughs> we found, we've already spoiler alert all right um what else do we got we got oh yes the last one a 4x game aura history untold jack i don't know I'm judging a little bit. This looks like a game you would like, right? <laughs> no, I, 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 I really, no, I look at I'm stuff totally like this, off. stuff like this, where they have like a bunch of menus and stuff. It's just like, I can't do it. Like I can't play MMOs. I can't play these real time strategies. Oh, really? like, no, he can't I, put, we know he can't play Starfield. I can't, I can't play Starfield. <laughs> like when I see all these, when I see all this crap, it's like, am I using like an Excel spreadsheet or something? Like, I can't do it. It does, feel, it does feel that intense. Um, yeah, I I want to try it. I I am the person where I look at something like this and it does look intriguing and I say, I want to try this because I haven't played any of the Civilization games, for example. Um, so maybe, you know, this will be the game that will kind of introduce me into the genre and let me figure out if I like it or not. But as one who has a lot going on in his mind and is has trouble focusing in the first place, I don't have ADHD, but you know, there's I just got a lot my mind moves fast. I don't know if this would be good for me. I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Yeah. It's I mean it, like Yeah. That like I Sim City 2000 is like my limit for this kind of thing, and <laughs> um, I, you know, I it's I just in general I just don't have, yeah, I I don't like anything about it. <laughs> there's, there's there's concepts I do like about it. Um, there's just a lot of them. You could be the leader. You can you could create, uh, you know, your civilization based on if you want to focus on. Uh, landmarks or war or you know, a variety of different things. There's just so many options that you have. It feels overwhelming, and it sometimes it feels like you can't choose one or two options and have success that way. I don't know. I haven't played. Perhaps that's not true. 
But that's kind of the thing that scared me from playing these kind of games. It's just so much to absorb. Yeah, it's like you gotta like it's like a homework game, except the entire game is homework, <laughs> and it's just no, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> What's bad is I grew up with the Civilization games. That was a lot of my childhood. Oh, really? Um, but it's it's just not something I have the. I, it really is just the time sink for me because it's like, and, and I get it as I play Call of Duty, all these other things that are time sinks. It's more just the I can't afford another time sink. <laughs> sure yeah call Call of duty is the i'm playing it with my friends like that's that's why i play it as much as i do uh you know final fantasy 7 yes that's a time sink but like it does eventually it's it's eventually over these are never over (laughs) like yeah sure you just oh what about this scenario how can i i i just do not have that kind of time but animal crossing is never over either but it's not as overwhelming right the (laughs) right animal crossing is over when you put it down like well yeah yeah but same with this like it's it's over when you put it down but you know stardew valley also there's a lot going on but it doesn't feel incredibly overwhelming this just just like oh my god i think this is also there's not necessarily just if it makes sense, save, like you can save your game, but you don't really like, it feels more like something you sit down. Like you really have to invest. Like, it's not like animal crossing. I'm going to pick it up for 30 minutes on a break. Like, I don't think that that, this does not feel like something I can just, Oh, I'm going to, you know, manage my realm for 30 minutes. Like it's just not (laughs) possible. Right. You got to absorb yourself in it. Yeah. But from your experience that you grew up with these, like what what drew you to them? And like, do you see anything here that goes, oh, if I had the time, I would love to check this out. I mean, there are some cool things that they're they're showing. Like, it's not it's not just a. It's not just about what you build and stuff like the it's the the environment around you like that they're t- showing off like the animals that are in the environment and the different things like all of these things actually affect what you're doing and then obviously it's been a very very long time since I've done anything but like back when I played civilization it was a lot more on just resources as opposed to like actual mm. like it, like you if you built a town you built it close to where you could find iron ore which was a was simply a like just an indicator on a screen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like okay, now there's actually like flowing stuff on the map to keep in, your eyes open with and stuff like that. So like again, I don't have the time for them, but they're cool. Like I, I played, uh, I actually helped Ron review Age of Empires, and I had fun with that, even though I was terrible at it. <laughs> Because it had just been so long since I'd messed around with something like that. I don't know. Maybe for the podcast, you should check this out. Maybe. If you have time. <laughs> Make time. I don't know. <laughs> so many things now. There's, that's that's the thing. There are way too many games now. And that's a good thing. Yep. Yeah, that's a good thing. I'm not complaining. Not one bit. All right. Well, that's pretty much everything that was shown at the... Well, that was everything. Not pretty much. At the Xbox Developer Direct. So I I think, I don't know if y'all agree, but I think it, it's a good start to, to see where Xbox is going oh, yeah. uh, in terms of... We know where 2024 is headed. Like, yeah. Truly. They, they, they even have the opportunity to slip even a surprise or two in if they if we get to June. Like, they, they could. Yeah, this doesn't have to be their last Developer Direct for the year. I don't think this was... Yep. I don't 
I don't get the impression this was meant to be like this is this is the year. This is expect yeah. these things because um, they were, you know, when they did that, uh, whatever they did, was it last? Was it last summer? And they showed well, June, like the Xbox showcase in June. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they showed they, like they were, 12, 12 exclusive games. Yeah, and and we, a lot of them were slated twenty twenty four ish. So there's yeah. more here, but I, I I like what's what's there. Yeah, solid. The, the B, developer like direct is a good format. It's a very I good like format. it. Yeah, it is a good format. The, like, there's a lot more. There's a lot more ceiling in that format, and a lot higher of a floor. There's a high ceiling and a high floor. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Because the hey, and I say that because like you've got the floor of the expectations, but they have been the last two times, which is, they did it started last year. They were able to slip something in. Uh, but they set expectations. They set expectations, but also introduce surprise. That's not very easy to do. Uh, clearly, because Xbox does struggle with that. Aaron Greenberg <laughs> did it right this time. This time. <laughs> this time. All right. Well, we've had games already. Yep. Uh, I've played one this year. Jack, you've played one this year. And they're both Metroidvanias. But we're going to start with the more popular one. Um, Prince of Persia... Uh oh god it just left me the name of it The Lost Crown <laughs> The Lost it. Crown it was like, <laughs> it's like the Crown something happening yes The Lost Crown The Lost the Crown <laughs> Yeah um how was it I was pretty good Yeah I I mean it was it was a surprise I think because this is actually the first like Ubisoft game I was interested in playing for like a decade. <laughs> wow. Okay. Good job, Ubisoft. You got Jack back. Yeah. You, wa- you want to guess what the last Ubisoft game I purchased was? Ooh, that's a, ooh. Uh, purchased or just played? They're they're one and the same. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, since ooh, God, I'm going to say Assassin's Creed China. No, I'm I'm going no, with that, Assassin's Creed asked, Two, and he got mad at the ending. That's not both of those are wrong, but you're kind of close to the truth of why I stopped. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I, I beat Prince of Persia: Sands of Time because I beat Assassin's Creed Three, and I was like, "This is the worst thing I've ever like." I, I was actually going to say Three is the sad man. thing. Yeah, <laughs> okay. like this is like not worth continuing. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. Yeah, so. Agreed. So I was like, I'm never going to play Assassin's Creed again. But no, the last game I actually purchased and played was uh, the last Rayman game. Huh. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Legends. Yeah. All right. And so that was when they stopped releasing games that appealed to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic game. I love yeah. Rayman Legends. <laughs> so no, I, I thought it was, I think you can tell it's good just from the moment you like start playing it and you like feel the controls and stuff. It's like- yes. It's slick and it feels good to play and jump around and do the sword stuff. I mean, it's it's a cool feeling game and it's a cool looking game too. Like when you actually play it and you like juggling the people up in the air and do all this stuff, it's like, where is where's this company been? <laughs> but <laughs> um, they were making yearly Assassin's Creed games for a yeah. while. That's what <laughs> um, so no, I, I enjoyed it overall. I mean, I think. You know, it's got some really good platforming segments. It's got some really interesting combat ideas. Um, And I think probably just the biggest takeaway I had from it, though, is like, there's really good platforming, really good combat, 
and they don't really like mix together. Um, you know, you got this big map. Yeah, you got talk big to me ma- about that. Yeah, so you got this big Metroidvania map, and you're kind of going through it like you do. You know, you're covering rooms. But I think as you start to explore stuff and like, you know, uncover the map, you kind of realize, okay, so I'm now I'm in a platforming room. So I'm going to spend the next like three minutes getting this platforming segment right. Now I'm in a combat room where I got to like combo got all these guys until the door opens up. And the whole game's kind of like structured around segmenting the the strengths of the game as much as possible. And it's it's different from the way it's like when you're playing like a Metroid game, like Super Metroid or Castlevania, you know, Symphony of the Night, they don't really do it that way where they're emphasizing the platforming or the combat so I don't strongly. Agree with that. Well, the well, Metroid- let me let me because okay, when you're playing okay. when you're playing Castlevania, like Symphony of the Night, sure. A lot a lot of that game you're not really doing any tough platforming in that game. A lot Agreed. of it's yeah. just kind of going hopping up and down, back and forth to climb up vertically, or you're going like straight halls. That's how yeah, the yeah. whole map is built. <laughs> so there's not really like a platforming room. There's not really like a combat room. And I think part of the reason that's done is because you when part of the appeal of this giant explorable map is that you want to keep moving and you want to keep doing stuff. Um, and I think when you do this, like this Prince of Persia stuff where you're doing these elongated platforming sections or these elongated like combat sections, you're spending a lot of time on the one thing before you move on. And so it's so kind of like par- you kind of get into a rhythm of the platforming for a little bit. Right. You, you spend a lot of time okay. where this is just a platforming section. You're spending a lot of time. This is just the combat. And it kind of like, it's almost kind of paradoxical, right? Cause you want that stuff to be good in a game usually. And I feel like it's almost kind of detrimental to like this specific type of game where you're exploring and doing stuff to be spending so much time on one thing, especially once you've actually gone through it once. So like, you know, a big part of the Metroidvania experience yeah. is going back and forth and doing, you know, trying yeah, to find secrets you missed and all that. Yeah. And so what I noticed in this game is it gets kind of annoying to do that because you got to go through all these platforming sections over and over again and they're, they get pretty long. <laughs> it's like, huh. and it's and it's like. So, do you prefer Castlevania or Metroid? Well, it depends on. I mean, they're going through different stuff, and you know, like, do I prefer? I mean, I'd say Metroid. Jack will your, only play Lords of Shadow too. <laughs> I'm like the only person in the world who gave that a positive review for saying. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I asked that because I feel like this, the the style of the platforming, the level design is more Metroid than it is Castlevania, and so to me, when I when I hear about these platforming sequences, I'm like, yes, this is clearly inspired by Metroid because Metroid absolutely has these moments where it's just like I'm doing a lot of platforming right now, and maybe there's a, a an enemy here or there that I shoot, but right now I am jumping, I am you know wall jump, you know doing all this stuff using the screw attack, and then I finally get to an area and it's like okay, now it's time to fight a, a few hundred enemies, and then I'm out into the next room. Oh, okay, I got the new missile launcher. All right, now I can open the door, and now we're back to platforming a little bit. That's what this feels like, at least uh, at least well, from what I experienced in the demo. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what the platforming really reminds me of is like Super Meat Boy. Um, <laughs> that's what the platforming okay. in this game that's reminds me of. Because <laughs> uh, it's a lot of like, especially as you get later and start doing the optional stuff. I mean, you're basically going through tight gaps of like fi- spikes everywhere. 
and you do, you know, they want you to hyper precision. You're going to be sitting right here. You're mm. going to be jumping at this right place. You're going to be doing, you know, the precision stuff that you do in Super Meat Boy like all the time. Okay. Um, right. that, that's kind of what I mean by it. like the early stuff. I, I'd agree. It's a little bit more balanced in terms of like, you know, this is like a normal game where you're doing some basic platforming. That's kind of what you're doing. But as it gets more involved, especially once you get later in the game, it's like, now I'm doing, and I'm spending like 10 minutes getting the Super Meat Boy section right. Mm, now okay. then I'm going into like, here's like another combat room where I'm like killing like 20 guys. Then the door opens up. Here's another Super Meat Boy section. It, it kind of like, it bogs it down in a weird way where I think the stuff is individually good, but it gets kind of grating as a Metroidvania. Um, okay. I think, I think I see what you're saying. Like, there's a nice, I guess no better way to put it. There's with Castlevania and Metroid, there's a balance between like how intense the platforming right. is in these games. And you're saying Prince of Persia almost instead of, let's just say Metroid and Castlevania, you're more like hopping around to get to different areas, right? You're using platforms to get right. to like you're going different to, places. It's, like you're going through like different levels in a game, but it's in an interconnected Metroid map. So like, yeah, here's the platforming like level, here's the action platformer, level. Like right. there is like challenge. Like it is meant to be a platforming. The challenge of the game is platform. And you're saying Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown starts to get into that kind of territory. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And when you're going and when you're going back and forth on a map to like backtrack, you know, doing these sections over and over, it's like, oh, this doesn't really feed into the strengths of like this open connected map. It's more like Mm. I'm playing this platforming section repeatedly and just kind of just because that's what I got to do. And I feel like it would have more impact if you were like this was like a level based game almost right <laughs> Where it's, it's like, better when yeah. you experience it for the first time yeah doing it the second time is like uh again yeah. <laughs> well that's yeah, that's, not okay, that. that's an interesting critique i'm going to have to look look out for that when i play it yeah honestly i think that's a fantastic critique it. for it just for the sheer sake of as somebody who played it at summer game fest like i was all about it thought it was super cool but i can see why that would get frustrating over time oh yeah for yeah. sure but again, well, like, based think, on the demo, which is, you know, an hour, um, y- y- I didn't get the sense, like, if the game stayed the way it was in that first hour the entire way through, then yes, this criticism doesn't really make much sense. But with what you're saying in terms of how intense the platforming gets, it basically becomes a platformer. I can see that because Metroid never really becomes a platformer. There are some right. intense sequences sometimes, but they don't last a long time. And even when you backtrack, sometimes the backtracking allows you to skip through those kind of sections as well. Same with Castlevania. It never really gets too intense. This sounds like it gets pretty intense. And for a game where backtracking is literally a part of the genre, that can get really i can see how that could get frustrating yeah well the combat's pretty involved too like you like you know these enemies can mess you up if you like don't parry right or like parry too early oh my god and so it gets annoying sometimes where if you have a tough enemy like they have they start having like these really big guys that you can't like just easily jump past and so you got to get like your parries and stuff right to like actually kill them every single time and so it's kind of it's another thing that kind of bogs you down and makes it like annoying to backtrack and i mean there's ways they can alleviate it i think one thing I think is kind of weird is that they have these specific fast travel points 
and I mean, you know, Castlevania does that, Metroid does that too, but it's mm. like they're pretty spread out where you have to do a lot of these sections over and over again if mm. you want to explore and do all that stuff. And I feel like they could have distributed a little bit more conveniently or like really what they sh- I was kind of hoping would happen is when I beat the game is that they'd let you like warp between the different save points too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't let you do that. And so Interesting. It's, it's, I don't know. Like my favorite part of these games is backtracking and getting all the stuff afterwards. After yeah. Yeah. The game when you have all the upgrades and this one, I was like, I tried to do it until I got a glitch that made me like give up. But even <laughs> then it was kind of like, you know, I don't really care to do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think mechanically it's really strong and I think individually the sections are pretty good. Like, and like these bosses are cool. I, I think the bosses are cool boss fights. Um, I'm glad and I don't that mind up. that they focus so hard on doing the combat and that kind of stuff too. Like I think, you know, Metroid Dread, all these Metroid games are kind of going in a more action-based direction. I think part of that is like Hollow Knight having those really elaborate boss fights. And now every Metroid's like, we can differentiate ourselves from like, because I think a big part of the challenge of doing a Metroidvania game like this is like 20 years ago when they were releasing these Castlevanias and Metroids on Game Boy Advance and all that kind of stuff is that they were still pretty unique. Yeah. Like Metroidvanias are popular because there weren't a lot of games like that. And now there's like 10 million indie games that are mm-hmm. basically eating Metroid's lunch and like the interim where it was gone. And so, you know, Metroid Dread is like, well, I guess to differentiate it, we got to like really focus in on the action and do like this parry and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's got to evolve. Yeah. Right. So, and I think this kind of goes after that similar school of thought. It takes it further because you're doing like elaborate combos and like juggling people and doing all this stuff. And I think that stuff's cool, but I guess I wonder if there's like a way to balance it. So it doesn't like, so it, me- it flows better with the overall Metroidvania kind of exploration style. Cause I don't know if it fully takes advantage of that. That's fair. That sounds fair. Yeah. So well, that's, I, like I mean, that's the gist of it, but <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, it still sounds like a great game. No, it's overall. it's very good, and I think I mean the like the cutscene. I don't know if it's going to happen in this footage, but like the cutscenes when you finish bosses off or they do super attacks on you. I mean, it's straight out of an anime. It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, no, the the cutscenes do look good. I like yeah, the voice so I think, acting too. I think the voice acting is pretty good as well. Yeah, no, I I think it's overall a good package. I mean, the story actually. I mean, I didn't really get into my review because I don't really care that much about the story for this there one. You go. But the story is kind of weird where like they hide the biggest plot twist in the side stuff and the main story just seems to never address it. I don't know huh. if, what what the deal is with that because I feel like it could be a really, I mean, that, that's a cool, that's a cool scene right, yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, it's, cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. Uh, um, I don't know. I feel like the storytelling could have been stronger because they had all the ingredients for, I think, for a really cool story with a lot of twists. They don't like fully take advantage of it, and I don't really know why. Yeah, that okay. That's interesting. I didn't didn't realize that. That's unfortunate. So, yeah, it's it's a cool game. Um, I'm surprised Ubisoft made it. Um, I hope they make a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's a good good start to 2024 with a with a game you gave it a score of. 80 an 80 out of 100 all right no it was actually yeah. an 80 out of one that's how 
oh, ridiculously wow. goody thought. <laughs> I didn't even realize I gave it that, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> David must have went back back there and was like, let's really make this pop. Um Okay, yeah. Well, I can't wait to play it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm getting it from Gamefly. Uh should be on its way pretty soon. So um so while I wait for that, I've been playing my own Metroidvania-inspired game. Uh, I I actually found this game based uh, when we were we were prepping and planning to do a most anticipated games podcast episode last week, but I got sick. So when I was looking through the list, I was using a Game Informer's list of games, and. One game that popped up was called uh, Momodora Moonlit uh, Farewell. And I was like, oh, what is this game? Because I was trying to do my research. And I watched the trailer and it was a Metroidvania. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. It comes out in two days. I'll buy it. Sure. Why not? So I, I, I started playing it and um, I am... It, the, Momodora Moonlit Farewell is the fifth game in this series. I've never played any of these games. <laughs> But uh, apparently, according to the Steam description page, uh, you can jump into any of these and you, you'll be fine. Uh, you don't have to know the lore of the story or anything like that. Uh, each game is kind of this self-contained, even though they're kind of connected. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, I played the fourth fun. one. So, you played the fourth one. How was yeah. that? It's, it's, I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty solid. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a little bit more of a balanced version of what we were talking about, where I feel like a lot of the challenge of the game is the platforming kind of avoiding enemies. And so it's, but it still works with the Metroid design where it doesn't like bog the game down too much. I mean, it's a little, I thought yeah. it was a little easy, but it's a nice, pleasant game to play. Um, yeah. So I, I thought it was good. I'm finding it. I'm very similar vibes. Um, it's, this isn't a hard game. Um, it has its challenging moments, but there there's not a lot of them. I would say the bosses are probably the most challenging right. part. Um, and, you know, you'll die a few times. I feel like some of the enemies just hit too hard for no reason. <laughs> At times, just like, whoa, like, okay, I was taken down. Okay, two hits, really? One hit? Came? Oh, all right. This is what I got to deal with. So you'll have those moments. But to me, this game feels like peanut butter and jelly. Um, it, you know, you'll eat it. It's, it's good. You know, somebody you're hungry and somebody's got a PB and J for you. Yeah, sure. I'll eat it. Yeah. But you'll want something a little bit better. That's kind of Momodora Moonlit Farewell. Like it, I'll eat it. This is good. I'm not mad at playing it, but it's not, it still doesn't reach the heights of, you know, a Super Metroid, for example, even a game as, as far as, uh, that old in terms of Metroidvania and where that's gone. But what it does, uh, what it does well, I think, is the traversal of the map. It's not this exquisitely uh, designed map, but it still scratches the itch of, ooh, I got a new power. Where can I go now? And you discover that. That feels good. And the, the whole idea of, you know, moving through um, and just being able to discover those new things that care that has been carrying me to, to play more of the game. Cause it, it still scratches that itch. The combat, uh, it, it, it's fine. It's not in depth, 
they have these cards that you can pick up. You can actually see one on the screen right now at the bottom. These cards allow you uh, to have basically upgrades, whether it can add a stat boost to your attack, it could give you a, a health boost, a shield, different things that allow you to change the, the, the style of combat that you do based on whatever style you have. I feel like there's not a whole lot that are impactful, though. So there, there you have a lot <laughs> that you can get. But most of the ones that I've used, I think I have about 16, I think, right now. I probably use four, four or five. Um, and I can stick with those four or five and just kind of bounce. I'm facing a particularly tough boss right now. Maybe I need a little extra oomph. In my attack, flip on that card real quick. Um, maybe I'm going through a platforming section that I need uh, a little bit more health because the spikes do a ton of damage. All right, I'll put on a shield when I self-heal. So little things like that, those are useful. There's some that seem to be more for speed running. I'm not going to do that, but I can I can see how that could be useful. But it's it's fine. I like that, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fine game. It's floaty combat uh, in terms of the actual moves that you can do. Pretty much the same thing, you know. It's just for some reason a leaf can do damage, so this very like magically strong leaf can do a, a bunch of damage. So uh, you're using that, and it's pretty much the same thing. No combos you can do anything like that. You can't aim up. You can't do down. Nothing like that. So. Um, it's mostly just get enemies out your way or avoid them. So, um, it's fine. I like it. I can't say, can't say buy it yet, you know, necessarily, but you know, if I, I've enjoyed my time with it to the point of like, this has been a good filler for me until Prince of Persia, the lost crown. So uh, I, I'm not disappointed in the time that I've spent with it, but I don't know if I could necessarily recommend anybody say, you know, go out and buy it. But if you're a Momodora fan, I would say this is this is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they're pleasant games. I mean, this looks almost exactly like the fourth one. I mean, it's so really? it's, yeah, you know, the, the same the same attacks, and I mean, the card stuff looks new. So that's it. That looks okay, kind of interesting. But I mean, I think that it is looks new. very similar. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll bring up the story real quick because it's going to uh, put some different thoughts in my head too. Uh, let me read the Steam description real quick. It says, Momodora Moonlit Farewell is the latest installment in the Momodora series. Join Momo, high priestess of the village of Koho, as she embarks on a divine mission to save her people from imminent destruction at the hands of the demon horde summoned by a malevolent bell ringer. The whole thing is like, Yo, somebody's stolen a black bell from the fairy people and they rung it. And now there's demons. We got to go find the person who rung the bell and keeps ringing the bell. So, not, you know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, all right. Um, I've gotten to the point where I've kind of like found the bell and like defeated the boss and things like that. So there's a part of me that I, I kind of do want to finish it just to see like what what the frick is this about but then we read on in the uh deeper description 
And it says, Momodur Moonlit Farewell presents the account of the greatest calamity to befall the village of Koho five years after the events of Momodora 3. Is that that's the one you've played, right? Momodora 3? Four, 4 was the one I played, so I'm, I can't help Is there you with four? the four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, once the toll of an ominous bell is heard, the village is soon threatened by a demon invasion. The village's matriarch sends Momo Reynal, their most capable priestess, to investigate the bell and find the bell ringer responsible for summoning demons. It is their hope that by finding the culprit, they will also be able to secure the village's safety, and most importantly, the sacred loon trees, a source of life and healing for Ko. And it's less like, wait, where did the tree come from? And that's exactly how the game feels. Huh? Those jumps that you were failing are making me upset. <laughs> I missed it because I was reading. <laughs> now I want to remind that it. You were, yeah, you were trying to hit these certain jumps. What right jumps was here. I trying? Oh, this? It was this. You go and like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> but yeah. then he does it again. The problem is, is he does it again. Because uh. well, I'm like, I feel like I'm so close. And I'm like, oh, can I reach it? <laughs> And and uh, so I actually want to. I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like the traversal, like the so, like in Metroid, when you finally like get a thing that allows you to get to new areas, that always feels good. I feel like in this game, though, everything, not everything, but a lot of things that you find just let you go up more. So like a higher jump. Oh, look, you could. Uh, you could jump twice now, so you could get to that one place. Oh, now you can wall jump infinitely. So, it's so like now you that's can get to... the only mechanic. Gotcha. I wouldn't say it's the only mechanic, but there's not a lot of left to right <laughs> uh, openings. So, I, I, yeah, I guess it's a more vertical map. Um, whereas Metroid and Castlevania, you know, it's just it's broad. You know, you go up, down, left, right. So, um. So there's that. So that part is a little disappointing, even though it's still satisfying to get to a new area and it looks totally different. You know, there's some new enemies and things like that. That's still fun. Uh, but this whole like tree thing in the story, that's how the game, the story, all of that feels like stuff is just kind of thrown in in that way where it's like it's not really cohesive because they're trying to do something where you don't have to know the previous games in order to understand this game so it it, it just feels like they don't go all the way with the story and in some ways it impacts your ability to understand uh everything uh or or at least like it feels random at times the stuff that happens so other than that, yeah. So it's it's a fine game. It's a fine game. That's fine. Yeah. Mobadora. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. We're at one hour twenty two. Let's talk about one one story um from the news. I'm gonna save one of them for next week, but this one uh, apparently, the Halo Infinite Battle Royale was allegedly canceled. So, uh, if it is, how much does that hurt Halo Infinite's future, do you think? I feel like Halo Infinite has carved out its own niche. Like, with, like they've had some strong seasons and stuff. So, I think, I don't think it hurts it nearly as much. 
as some because I do feel like this battle royale is, would be kind of almost its own thing compared to Halo Infinite and because Halo Infinite has its own like big team battles and stuff like that so it works Yeah, in big its team own battles stuff. nothing like yeah. the battle it's, royale. It's not though. the same uh, if anything I could actually see this being a good thing because of the fact that if it didn't work and if it really was somewhat a part of Halo Infinite it almost could have dragged Halo Infinite down with it if it was just mm. this really yeah. big money sink, it's better to cut the cord now than end up with a bunch of money in a project tied to something that could sink everything else. Because Halo's already in a technical bad spot when it comes to the staffing. And yeah. you don't want to sink more money. This is a third party that was doing it, but you yeah, don't want to sink affinity. more money. You don't want to sink more money into that especially if you're not able to pay the people who are actually have been making this game the same way that you were when you were building infinite. So yeah. I, I think it's almost, a, it's a bit of a wash. Could a, could it have been this kind of bolster? Yes. But I think it, it would have been one of the most it. unique BRs. Yeah. For sure. It, if they were figuring out ways to make it unique, that would be the biggest thing. Like you have to, you really have to differentiate yourself in this space. Like even even Infinite being different as it is has a tough t- has had a tough time differentiating itself on PC. Like people don't care as much about it on PC. Uh, I want it, it's I, been an Xbox. It's been an Xbox franchise. Yeah. So I I wonder if it's just too late for any new BRs to come out at this point. It, it really you know, kind of what I was it, thinking. It kind of is, man. I Doesn't mean, it seem like this is like five years too late? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah, even two years, even. Trust me, I remember working at GameStop when we bought fidget spinners, like two months after the craze. Oh, and oh, it wow. was that died. That craze died so fast. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, guess who had to count every freaking fidget spinner? <laughs> Inside the store every Thursday when it popped up on the count. Like, it was, yeah. But the the thing is, like, Battle Royales aren't not popular anymore. Yeah. It's well, just spe- I think the, the specific the ones been filled, are. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If and you're not playing, like, yeah. Fortnite's kind of like, even kind of like distancing themselves from Battle Royale a little bit, too, which makes me think it's kind of like on the way out, too. I don't know. Fortni- right? Fortnite's like, kind of becoming Roblox. <laughs> right. They're kind of like, we're going to be everything now and eventually probably not Battle Royale. <laughs> so I, I think that's what they want, though, because I think it wor- I think their Battle Royale works just so well. I mean, they just logged five, what, five million people on it when they re- re-released the first island. It, it was some was just absolute. Yeah, it was, I, it was an absurd number, whatever it was. Um, but it's like if you're not playing Fortnite, you're playing uh, Apex. If you're not playing Apex, you're playing Warzone. Uh, how really? How much more? How many? How much more space is there? Well, I mean, Epic because understands. again, you have to break in. Like it's not right. that. It's not that you break out with a with a game. You have to break in with the game and. You can't just be the oh you're the cool new flavor of the month. You got to go past the month, right? I think Epic understands Battle Royale. No matter how long it lasts, it's, it has a shelf life like that. Yeah. That particular genre. I think there's some you know kind of modes 
if we want to call them that, like Team Deathmatch. It's never going to die. Everybody's just going to want to go around yeah. and be on a team and shoot other people. That That's fine. But this specific form of this does have a shelf life, even if it lasts for a long time. The, the hype of it yeah. has a shelf life. And so Epic recognizes that. So they're like, all right, well, if we want Fortnite to stick around, this is the kind of thing that we're probably going to have to do while still keeping the Battle Royale. And yeah, I think... I think Halo Infinite or whatever the Halo BR would be, I think probably would have been unique enough to be like, yo, like, okay, let's try this out. Uh, just because Halo itself is is very unique in the shooter space regardless at this point. So I think it would have got attention. And if it would have been good, I think that would have helped. I don't know if it would have busted through Warzone, Fortnite, and Apex, though. I don't know. Um, I wonder if certain affinity is now being tasked with like working on story-based content for Halo Infinite that they canceled because they didn't have enough people to continue doing it. I feel bad for certain affinity. Weren't they behind? Weren't they working with Sega to be behind Hyenas? Because that got was that certain affinity. Let me look that up. Hyenas. I don't know if that was certain affinity. I literally typed in hyenas and I got pictures of hyenas. I did too. I did too. No, create creative assembly creative assembly. It's oh, okay. I, it, creative assembly. admittedly very similar. Very, very, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there needs to be a lawsuit like Remedy and Rockstar, you know. Are you yeah. gonna put to- up a picture of the hyena or not? No, no. <laughs> but by the way, they had a hundred million players in the month of November. That's how ridiculous hundred million, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. That was what was, was so ridiculous about it. Yeah, um, I do wonder. Well, and that's why they're doing all these things. I'd look. I'd look more not necessarily that Fortnite is looking to get out of the BR business. They're no. looking to. They're looking to retain the people who come. All those hundred million oh, people yeah. who come in. Oh, because yeah. you, if I can get them into Fortnite, I can get them into Lego Fortnite, which I can get them into Rocket Racing, and then I can get them into Fortnite Festival. So, yeah, and they're still spending money. No, yep. it, that's what I'm saying. All these live services, they're just basically retail stores online. That's yep. that's all these are in video game Fortnite's form. a platform. It's a platform. Absolutely. It's not even a game at this point. But I wonder if part of the reason why it could be canceled, if it's, if it's actually canceled, is it because Xbox owns Warzone now? And so there's no point in having the halo battle royale because before before warzone they didn't xbox didn't have a battle royale of their own halo the halo battle royale would have been it but now they have warzone yeah i, I, I kind of feel like there's a lot of got. i think there's a lot of what's the point of halo now that they have call of duty but um oh stop that as a halo I'm, person stop that <laughs> I, 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 look at, I, I actually look, i actually look at it more in the sense of like just we're watching we're seeing this live space bubble burst and i think it's one of the victims of it because you j- you really have to have an absolute an outstanding idea that's the original at this you, point you, yeah and, and i don't know that as good as certain affinities idea may have been it may have still just looked too similar to every other game i mean you know it that's really what it boils down to if it if it's going to feel and play similar i mean heck honestly battle royale has to be fast and as much faster as halo has gotten i'm curious if it still would have been fast enough 
But battle royales tend to be a little slower than yeah. even, uh, I mean, Call of Duty is insanely fast. Warzone, I think you would agree, is even slower than, you know, your traditional Call can of Duty be. multiplayer. It can be, yeah. Of course it could be fast, of course. Yeah. But you, you understand what I'm saying, like, just straight up the default state is is a little slower than your basic multiplayer or yeah. ranked or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think like you can do something that's really really cool, like with Halo. It's just I don't know that it can hit and grab enough people, and you can't just do it for Xbox. That's that's really what it boils down to. Is something like that is just not going to work. Well, when remember it's only in Xbox when the multiplayer dropped for people, everybody was like, "Holy frick! Like this is dope." Um, it was really the content that, you know, yeah, was the death knell for for Halo well, Infinite. So, well, if you go and look on the Steam numbers, like, it's, there's six thousand people playing it now. Like, it's just it's even with good content, it still falls off. On, well, yeah, on Steam, uh, it, so they lost a lot of goodwill once it yeah. launched, and the content wasn't there. So, and, and some of it is just crowded space. Sure. So you you you're having to fight that. But you're also having to fight the stigma of it, and there's just there's a lot of other alternatives. That's really what it boils down to. Live spaces, the live service space, like like I just said, it's not a breakout space; it's a break in space. Yep, agreed. All right, well that'll do it for us this week. All right, it's good to be back. Happy New Great Year once again. You know who else is back? Redfall, they have 25 people playing on Whoa, Steam right now. That's the, that's that the holiday record? people. They bought it <laughs> super cheap. There were, thir- were like, there were 32 at the beginning of the podcast. Seven wow. people logged off. Wow. Yeah, What's funny is we right. actually had several podcasts where there were a grand total of seven people on. So, Oh. Wow. Very good. Good Good for well, them. Things good. are looking up for Redfall. <laughs> Every, I don't know what the percentage as they increase say, in everything's that is. Everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a significant increase from the six and seven that was happening back in November. Yep. All right. Well, with that said, uh, that'll do it for us. So we will be back uh, next week for some more video game talk, and this. Is, Still got some news to talk about, so there's got some fun oh, stuff. Yeah. Yep. Jack, thanks for joining us. You could go no read problem. Jack's review of Prince of Persia of the Lost Crown. Gave it an 80 out of 100 on Gaming Trend. It is available right now, like the game, as of this recording. All right. Deuces. See ya. Peace.